Uh, John's going to be giving a great uh, rolling your own joints workshop <laughs> that you just cannot miss. I've never rolled a joint. I can say that. <laughs> Could you hear? I heard him wink. Could you hear him wink, Eric? <laughs> That's weird. He, he normally has his wife roll him for him. Hey, this is Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 108. With me today is my good friend, my comrade, my partner, Comrade Up. Aww. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, Thomas. How are you doing? I'm not not too bad. And also with us, probably on parole, something <laughs> something shady, John Condon. I like that you always start all of our podcasts the same way. Hey, this is Eric Van Johnson. <laughs> I know. I'm a man of patterns. I don't know what to tell you. Could be worse. You could say, so, this is Eric Van Johnson. How was everybody's week? Oh. School's out. School's out. (laughs) Is it? It is. Very, very out. Like, out for just the week? What are you out for? Already? Yeah. We have have built in uh, uh, snow days. There were zero snow days this year at school, so they get that extra time off. I think schools out here have another week or so. So it's been an adventure. So what you're trying to tell me is, in a couple weeks, I can expect to have more players for Ultimate, because we get a lot of the high school kids out there. Sounds sounds about right. Actually, we get some middle schoolers that beat my ass in Ultimate. Huh. <laughs> <clears throat> There's these twin girls. I swear that they got to be like, 14 freaking they kill me they're, they're so much better at the game than i am <laughs> welcome to john's ultimate frisbee corner i will i will say that crowds here in san diego i don't know maybe it's my old age or something but it seems to be getting more and more crowded out here earlier and earlier it, like the crowds never really let up anymore it used to be off season it was pretty like i could i could go down to the beach and Find parking, no problem. I, I never even worried about it. Now, it doesn't really seem to matter what time of year it is. You go to the beach and like parking is a challenge. We have a beach around and here. <laughs> we have a we have one or two, you know, small beaches. Nothing, nothing big. Do you know of anywhere that might have a private beach? Uh, I hear there's a. a I'm, all about, I'm all about the private. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, there's a conference going on at, at one of those establishments i think it's the bahia around september like the 19th are you getting excited about this yet john wave php i am i've been excited about it i'm getting so incredibly stressed out about it right now and i don't i don't have a good reason why because we've got speakers people have pretty much confirmed i think we have like one kind of outstanding haven't officially confirmed speaker yet but it's because we um, have we have costs that we have to cover, and we need people to buy tickets. We need sponsors. You know, I'm happy you, we're selling we're selling tickets. You know, every, you've got five now. You have five sponsors here. Every week we have a, a couple of people purchasing tickets, but it'd be nice to like know that it's full. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that would be good. It would be nice to to see because honestly the 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 tickets that people buy don't really make that big of an impact to the overall expense of running a conference. It's the, it's really the sponsors you need. 
I, I'm hoping that uh, some sponsors step up. We still need to. So, what's the plan with the schedule? Do you do you want to announce when we're going to release a schedule, or we just kind of kind of keep teasing it? Keep teasing it for now. <clears throat> we're waiting for confirmation on one person. We I think we have. Yeah, we just we need to, to get it cleaned up before we put it on the site. It should be soon, though. Technically, we're still missing a person, right? Because we had a keynote pull out. Correct. So te- technically, we are still short uh, a speaker. If if you know if anybody, anybody has if you know a keynote, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> if anybody has any no, no, no. real suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> now, so I, I have a I found a problem here is that there's. If you click on the organizers tab on the website, well, don't there's a bring link. Up, to, don't bring up problems on the air. There's a link to uh, to this podcast on that page, which I why think, would why would we have done that? That makes no sense. That I think SEO wise, that that marks points off the page. You're gonna you're gonna lower your hit rating. <laughs> <laughs> Who did this page? That's horrible. Oh man, that's a damn good picture yeah, right there, though. And you do you, look you like you're holding on, hands, though. You click we on were. it, it goes to, that? to drugs, tattoos, and coding. That's That was first, good. That's, that's first a good hit. workflow right there. I, I'm not holding your hand, John. You were there. You know my hand is on your ass. Come on. That's why you're smiling. That was uh, PHP Tech a few years back. A few. I, I, think, I think that was there last year in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Just, that's now. just one year one year ago no no it's it was in atlanta last year and and st louis a year before that so it's been a few years yeah it's, yeah you're you definitely look like you've had kids since then your hair is much darker in this picture i dyed it just before we went <laughs> he uses that uh that that not rogaine what what is it that just, just for men uh, just for men just for men yeah yeah, you see, I, I I don't worry. I don't have that problem. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you don't have that concern whatsoever. <laughs> not, not at all. You could dye that. You could dye that beard though. I could sharpie it. I could, oh yeah, yeah, I got some beard going on now. <laughs> so, what have you guys been up to this week? Not a lot. Tomorrow, I actually uh, I'm going to L.A. I'm gonna go to see. You got a court think, court date? Yeah. <laughs> after last episode, I should right. <laughs> No, I'm going to see. I think is it James Taylor? Is is he a singer? Yeah, yes, that's a singer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see James so this Taylor is, concert. So your wife tonight. bought the tickets then? Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, somebody else asked me earlier this week. I was like, I'm going to a concert, and I couldn't remember the name. And John mentioned it was James Taylor, and somebody's like, I don't think that person's alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot she said that. She's like, is he, he's he's still around. <laughs> yes, he is. I'll be be there tomorrow. That uh, my wife and I are making a, a nice little getaway. You know, let, Grandma's going to be here watching the kids, so we can get out a little bit. So nice, it'll be nice. Excited about it. I hope it turns out uh, better than the last getaway. Oh, with the sickness, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, the getaway was great. It was afterwards <laughs> being around a bunch of in freaking germ Germany kids. <sighs> See, we're getting away from the kids, so it should be much better this time. That is nice. I'm getting away from my kids, but I'm not super excited about it. So on the fourth, my on the fourth, my wife is taking all of the kids 
to back to San Diego. And you're not coming with them this time? No, I'm staying here. Why so I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a solid month entirely on my own in a giant a empty month? house. A month. You work remote. Why would you not be going with them? I don't wanna go. Oh, well, you just said you're not excited about it, but you're not going with them. I'm so confused. I don't want to go to San Diego anymore. All right. I so love, I I love San a, Diego. I need to refund a ticket, Eric. No, I, I never, I never right. actually bought a ticket. No, I just, uh, it's like Eric said, I, I remember when we were there and when I was growing up there and traffic was bad Monday through Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday, it was all right. And then slowly Saturday started to get really bad, and then Sunday got bad, and now it's just every day is always the same. It's just massive traffic no matter what. What? Where are you going that you're in traffic? I never hit Del- traffic. Through through Del Mar. When? Where are you going? Well, I've lived on in Encinitas. I lived on the coast, so to go anywhere, you had to go on the five. Again, I travel, or I, I drive all the time, and I never hit traffic like that, unless I'm traveling during... Rush hour. Outside of that, yeah, there's traffic, but it moves just fine. You say, you sound like a sovereign citizen there, John. I'm a traveler. <laughs> I'm a traveler. I travel. Like, no, I, I travel the, the highways around here and never hit this kind of traffic. You make it sound like... And the byways? You make it sound like it's LA traffic where you're bumper to bumper not moving. No, but it's not fun. But you're still traveling at 70, 80 miles an hour. It's no. Like, yeah. Then you're traveling at the wrong times. Or you're driving yes. at the wrong times. I'm sorry for saying traveling. Yes, I, I, I'm driving at the wrong times, which is when there's all the traffic. <laughs> you're making it sound like it's 24-7 like that. It's a couple hours a day. I'll just tell you that here, when I get a traffic alert on my phone, it's because there's a red light in front of me. That's it. Like, it's never bumper-to-bumper traffic. It's always nice. It's a little too hot right now, but... Well, I'm for one, Thomas. I'm happy you're not coming back out. <laughs> See, Eric gets it. Except we're going to go hang out with your wife while she's here, just so you know. Oh, please, someone keep an eye on her. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have a full month. A full month of uh, the only interaction I get is this podcast. So you're going you're gonna to get some coding done? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yeah, coding and then working out and... Fortnite. Going, yeah. Well, Dark Souls three, it's my my big addiction right now. Rocket League, yeah. So I hear from you guys all the time that you have interactions on Twitter with with listeners. I I don't get that that often. However, this past week, friend of the show T J Miller reached out to me and was and was giving me advice based on our last episode because he, for some reason, thought I the the code base I work in was Laravel. Now I love Laravel. Mm-hmm. We have lots of projects in Laravel, but the main one I work on is not. But it, it was fun just having this back and forth with him. And then he tweeted out something interesting. Uh, Docker for Mac, you can use a special, you know, in Docker, there's a name where you can connect to the different containers. Well, Docker for Mac has one built in, docker.4.mac.localhost, which I had not, I had happened to see that day. I was working with somebody trying to get Xdebug working for their, their configuration. And he had showed that to me, and that's how he connects to MySQL. He's running that locally, not in a Docker container. And I didn't put two and two together. Xdebug still wasn't working for him. And I went through all this crap to figure out, okay, what's your IP address of your container? Let's hard code that. 
And a couple hours later, I see TJ Miller tweeted out this Docker for Mac that local that local host. And I was like, ah, if I would have just put two or two together, put that in there, it would have worked just fine. So it, and, and I thought you you confirmed that 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 works. This other developer was already using it for MySQL. So from his oh. from his container, he he's not running a MySQ, MySQL container. So from the web container is connecting to his local host on that same. It's not even a domain, but that same thing, docker.4.mac.localhost, connects back to his host for MySQL. And why, I've got to try that. Why I didn't say, well, let's try that for xdebug, and it would have worked fine. Instead, I, I, I'm like, okay, and I'm doing this through uh, Slack. We're on a video call, and I don't have control of his machine. So I'm like, okay, open a terminal now. Now, now type net stat. Make sure your xdebug is listening. Okay, that's listening. Now type if config. Let's find out what your IP address is. <laughs> I feel like I went through so many hoops trying to make this work for him. And had we just tried that, it would have been fun. So you call TJ Miller a friend of the show. I call TJ Miller a friend, John. I call oh. him a friend. All right. You're and TJ right. <laughs> Miller will be. And I also call him a Wave PHP presenter. So TJ Miller will be speaking at Wave PHP, and spoiler alert, he is doing one of the uh, tutorial things, right? He's doing Docker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's doing a whole, you know, learn learn Docker from A to Z sort of thing. So oh, wow, that really, is, really super excited about that. That is a beautiful beard, too. TJ's? Yes. Oh, yeah. He is. He, he definitely takes it to the next level. He is uh, he's a good guy. PHP site, I assume. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he's uh, his wife is pretty awesome as well. I met her at Laracon uh, in New York. Uh, uh, I guess it was last year. Uh, she super funny lady. Um, so he's he's coming out to San Diego. I'm really I'm really excited for them to come out to San Diego. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to talk them into not leaving. See if they want to hang out for a while. You know. <laughs> yeah, I need friends. Please stay. Come for the conference. <laughs> stay because you're stuck in traffic. <laughs> Stop saying that. Traffic There's is none not at the beach. There's as, none at the as, resort. As John, as John would put it, come for the conference. Stay for the weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a second. We, Eric, and I do the PHP. Uh, architect podcast and on the last one we on our interview outside of what was actually put into the show we were talking and the last time he was out for out to san diego he was here for a conference at the same hotel and walked from the airport to the hotel which is like what, what was it six miles yeah that's not tj miller that was steve no yeah, Steve Steve Grunwell. We were interviewing Steve Grunwell, who's another presenter at Wave PHP. Yeah, and he mentioned that he's like, yeah. Not only have I been to San Diego, I've been to that hotel before. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. I walked there from the airport. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's not that's not a that's not like a, a block or two. That's like a lot of distance. Yeah. He, is, he told us it's six and a half miles. So we we actually went and looked it up, and it was. It was around six miles, and that's. It was interesting. It's a nice walk with luggage. Yeah, but it's not like it's faster not a than driving. Walk. 
I forgot what con- what conference he yes. said he was out here for. I think it was before he's a developer. Yeah, I don't remember either. Terrible about yeah. that stuff, but if you are curious about who's going to be speaking at Wave PHP, it's been up for a while, but we have all the confirmed speakers <laughs> up. I am missing one confirmed speaker, who's Amanda Folson. Um, just because I'm waiting for a profile picture from her, but all the confirmed speakers up there, and uh, really looking forward to a lot of these. Pretty much. Well, you're saying these. So oh, we have our speakers. We don't have what they're actually presenting on yet on the site. Not yet. Soon. Yeah. Soon. John and I were talking about today. It's like you know what's really going to suck about Wave PHP is we're not going to be able to see any of the talks. <laughs> There's so many good talks. It's like how. How we were we were trying to figure out how we can work it out that we can actually go see some of the talks. Oh, so put the res- yeah, no, we'll just put the responsibility off on other people and just not run it when <laughs> at that time because that worked so well when that was done with you guys at the last conference. <laughs> it didn't yeah, work. just take we, care we, of this one projector. No, we got to get uh, fired from our own conference. That's that's how we do it. I don't know why we didn't think about that sooner. That's definitely the way to go there. 110 days out, John. 110 days. How do you know that? How do you know it's only 110 days It's on the website, John. It's on the website. It's a little countdown thing. Have you, uh, terrifying. Have you removed the the, uh, early bird special yet? No, you have not. You maniac. Why do we still have an early bird special? We've announced the speakers. That's pretty much all people need to know. It's not available, though, is it? What? The blind early, early bird is not available. Early bird is still available. Yeah. Blind early bird is, is done. I finally won that battle. My gosh. Yeah, I, I, I say give it a, a couple more days, and then we'll remove it. All right. So this time next week, there will be no more early bird special for anybody listening. And want to want to get in get in on the ticket, and you really want to do the workshop because I've I've already given away one spoiler on that one, which is the T.J. Miller Docker one. But we're gonna have three other workshops, and the biggest problem you're gonna have with the workshops are figuring out which ones to go to because all four of them are pretty dynamite. I have to say, and if you're not a, a conference regular, the workshops are basically half-day session. So it's a four-hour session that you take breaks in it, but you're in there usually doing hands-on learning. Mm. You're getting a, a lot more information than you get from just a, a one-hour talk. So definitely worth it. Yeah, John's going to be giving a great uh, rolling-your-own-joints workshop <laughs> that you just cannot miss. <laughs> I've never rolled a joint. I can say that. <laughs> Could you hear? I heard him wink. Could you hear him wink, Eric? <laughs> That's weird. No, I, he I, normally I, has his wife I, roll him for him. No, I learned you have to use the apple of vape pens, and that's what I started with. And I'm like, yeah, it's no bueno. I'm done. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, if I had gotten the Android of vape pens, maybe it would have been different. But I got the apple of and. I didn't like it. So you've completely uh, cleaned up by now, right, John? You're Oh yeah. I'm... You're you're on the you're on the wagon? Well, no. See, wagon. you I'm missed your drinking. opportunity. Well, that's different. That's that's just alcohol. I mean, whatever bad has happened from alcohol. Everything. Yeah. Nothing that I can think <laughs> of at all. 
But you missed your window of opportunity because you had a small window of opportunity. You could have tweeted out racist remarks and jokes about people and blamed it on the medication you were taking. That what? only works with where, the Ambien. Where did this come from? What are you talking about? With what? With Roseanne? You didn't see that? I did. Did she blame it on drugs? She blamed it on Ambien. Oh, really? Yeah. I did yeah. not see And they that. responded. They responded directly to her on Twitter. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> what yeah. did they say? Uh, they said uh, that there are hundreds of, or there are thousands of clients using their medications every day, and studies have shown that their drugs do not induce racism. that's awesome now they're talking about the rest of the cast in a spin-off show and i saw something on twitter that i thought was just amazing okay the recommendation was killing off roseanne's character and dan marries a black woman (laughs) that would be good that'd be good I don't know if it'd be good. I would watch it. I would definitely watch it. What I saw, I'm a I'm a fan of Kathy Griffin, even though she her whole thing with Donald Trump, whatever. Uh, there was she was tweeting out, and I won't get into her specifics, but somebody was responding to it and said they should do what they did with Becky on the show and just replace Roseanne with somebody else, and it would be fun. Never if mention they did it. it. <laughs> never mention it, and do it with Kathy Griffin. <laughs> As a replacement. It's such a mess, man. Politics has officially leaked into every form of entertainment media. Oh, it's permeated everything. You can't get away from it anymore. All right, I have a complaint. <clears throat> this has been an ongoing complaint of mine for a while, and it really has... Has gotten to the point now where I'm like, I have no good explanation to why there's this behavior. My complaint is, I'll start with the complaint and then I'll circle I mean, back around to why I, I'm experiencing. They're it. both what 18. You can just kick them out of the house now. No, they're 20. What are you talking about? Where are you? They're both over 18. But for the longest time, my complaint has been, as a business owner, John and I made the decision to use uh, Google... Um, I forget what they call it, called it back then, but basically the Google Suites, the Google Apps. Business? for Yeah, Google Business for our domain. And that's really where we live now these days, or at least me. Like, everything I do is off my business account, which mm-hmm. is a Google account. So I still have my Gmail, and I have, all like, a lot of the Google services, but... With a business account, you're really sh- restricted as to what you can do. So one issue I, ha- I actually experienced recently is I tried to add my business account to a-, a family plan that I have on a regular Gmail account, and it doesn't let you do that. Not only does it not let you do that, but it won't let you create a family p- plan with a business domain, even though it's hosted on Google. So I'm like, okay, that's aggravating. I am, I think I figure, you know, I think I kind of understand what they're doing. They're trying to avoid any issues with people leaving companies and all their movies being bought on, you know, a company's email address. And I mean, I, I was coming up with excuses as to why there are these limitations. 
And it even extends to when, like, Google releases new features, it always seems to take longer to hit the business accounts. I'm like, all right, they're just making sure that these things are enterprise ready. You know, we'll, we'll use that. But what happened today kind of really irritates me. And I can't get over why they're, I can't figure out why they're doing it. But so let me rewind a little bit. My one daughter, um, for years now has been using my Chromebook, uh, a Chromebook that I just bought. I, I, I don't even remember why I bought it. Oh, it was, it was when I was trying to, I was going through a tablet phase and I wanted to find a good tablet and I thought a Chromebook might make a good tablet, um, as opposed to buying an iPad or I, I basically I, I have been buying Android tablets and I didn't want to buy another Android tablet. I hadn't really considered buying an iPad. And so I went with a Chromebook. Anyways, uh, I didn't use it very frequently. My daughter starts using it and turns out she loves it, which is fine. I'm perfectly happy with that. I've been trying to get my mother to use a Chromebook for years, but she, she won't do it. Well, unfortunately, last week, my daughter drops this Chromebook and shatters the screen, which is a touchscreen. So that's a pretty big issue. It still works, so the touchscreen doesn't work. But all right, you before know, still you has before back. you go before you go too much further on that one, she or his daughter babysits for my kids sometimes. The day she drops it, she's babysitting our kids, and she, <clears throat> she comes over and sets her stuff on my counter. And just before we leave, I look and I see like this Chromebook all messed up. And I'm like, "What did you do to your Chromebook?" Not knowing i'm assuming it's been like this forever it's like yeah i just did that <laughs> i felt so bad like rubbing salt in the wound did you tattle I didn't on her i realize that i i don't even know when my kid i don't even know when my kid is babysitting for for john and his wife it's like <laughs> you know the kid's not john doesn't tell me the kid doesn't tell me i i never have any idea i didn't know i was supposed but... to tell you i should check with you from now on is that what you're saying but yes, she damaged it pretty good. She she cracked the screen. She she broke the case. So me being the geek I am, I'm like, all right. I actually, because of my situation with my MacBook, have another MacBook. I'm like, hey, you, you just want to use the other MacBook. You can use the other MacBook. She's, I'd really like another Chromebook because I like the weight of it. I like how, how light it is. I like the battery life on it. I'm just going to go buy another Chromebook because they're like, 300 bucks, three, 400 bucks at Costco. Well, me being the geek I am, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I really wanted to try the Google Chromebook, like the one from, from Google, which is a little bit more expensive, but you know, I figured she'd been using that one for so long. I was going to go ahead and splurge and, and get it for her. So I get it for her and it is so much better than I had, I had thought it was going to be. And even my daughter who was using it is like, she's like, I can't believe how good this device is so this i mean it does all the same folding the other one did but this folds actually into a tablet and has a tablet mode to it and she's using like this drawing my my daughter is an art artist and she's really particular about her drawing applications and uh she started using this drawing app and really lo loved it i'm getting to the story here I noticed, I'm like, well, let me check it out because I'm the geek, you know, I, I want to check this stuff out and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I noticed that the Play Store is on it. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, what's this? 
and I click on it, and they're like Android apps that you can install on the Chromebook, like full-fledged Android apps. No longer everything's running in a web browser. These are standalone Android apps. I'm like, wow, that is a game changer right there. That is pretty significant. So I, I tell her, I'm like, hey, let me let me play with this Chromebook for a little while. I want to check it out. And the first thing I do is I log into it. And one of the really nice things about the Chromebook is it immediately starts syncing everything. So everything associated to my Diego Dev email address that I have on my other uh, Chrome installs, all the all the extensions, all that sync right down. Fantastic. I, I have always liked that about the Chromebook. So I'm I'm already at a state where I can it's functional. But I wanted to install some of the Android apps that I use on a regular basis, and I couldn't find the the Play Store on my account. So I'm I'm of course I'm googling. I'm like, oh, you know, what's going on? It's like, oh yeah, go here and go here, and you've got to enable it. And so I go there, and I'm not able to enable it. And guess why? <laughs> because it's a account? business really? account. It's a it's a G Suite account. I'm like, what is the logic there? Why can I not install these Android apps on this Chromebook because of, of a G Suite account? Wow. So I, I, I don't know if there's a configuration I need to change in our G Suite because that happens from time to time. It says, hey, you know, allow, allow users to do whatever. And we usually just set everything to on because yeah. we don't really want to re, uh, restrict people, but. I can understand yeah, I, from the the family plan with movies and that type of thing. That kind of makes sense, but yeah, on a Chromebook that could be a business device where you want apps. You think that would only make it more of a business device, right? Exactly. I I, I don't understand it. I I really don't understand this this idea that, that the why the G Suite needs to be so limited, but it's frustrating. I think I think limiting it gives control to administrators. So I think oh, but only if they allow setting, you to yeah, if they allow you to turn it on. If they gave us right. as the administrators of the domain some way to enable it and say, okay, you can install these types of apps or these exact apps. I'm sure but, they do. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll keep playing with it. I'll give you guys an update uh, next week if I figure out how to do it. But I, I the the quick hour I spent with it today could not figure out how to get the apps installed on the on the G Suite, which is also frustrating for my daughter who works for Diego Dev. So now she has both her accounts on this Chromebook because she switches back and forth depending on what application she wants to use. Yeah, and you broke it. <laughs> the new one. I have a question for you guys. I, I'm scared on where this is going. You ever use Magento? Nope, have not. I, I I take that back. I briefly touched on it a couple times, but haven't really used it. I looked at it. Geez, got to be a decade ago now. Uh, when I was working at BowlingBall.com, and I just I gave up quickly. It's it's rough. I mean, it's like a lot of advanced CMS applications where it's a framework for a CMS, but it has such a steep learning curve. But the big news is that Adobe has purchased Magento. 
Oh, I heard about this. So what do you think the play is on that? Square.com. I think they want to get into and compete in the build-your-own-website marketplace. Hey, there's, I don't there's, follow. What, there's, because, there's I mean, Squarespace. Square. Not Square, I'm sorry. Squarespace. Oh. Okay. Uh, Squarespace and uh, Shopify. There's a number of SaaS platforms for building your own website and then just doing self-hosted and or or hosted by the provider. Uh, Magento has a, a B2B product. They've got, you know, a support structure for small businesses, large businesses, uh, all sorts of well, Magento is a, a pretty, pretty big hitter in in the e-commerce world. I mean, it's it's no it's no small potatoes. So I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing for Adobe to get to get into. I don't know why I think it's so weird, but it just seems weird. I think it makes sense. I think Adobe's sees the future of web content. I mean, don't forget that Flash is essentially dead now. Which is a chunk yeah, they, of change for got, Adobe. They've got a lot of other products out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it, but they've got a ton of other products out there. I don't know. I've seen their margins slipping. The Their Photoshop suite software, which used to cost like $2,000 a year, is now under a subscription model for like 150 mm-hmm. And that includes the video editing stuff and... All sorts of fancy gadgets. Yeah, I I think it's cool. I mean, I always like to see these PHP solutions get purchased by big companies. I just hope they don't destroy it. Or maybe they maybe they do. I'm not a big fan of Magento. <laughs> I hear it's really difficult to develop in. <clears throat> yeah, it's insane. It's it's a, entirely a domain specific language, and it's just. It's it's crazy. I've looked at it a couple times, and every time I see it, I just go, oh my god, that's overwhelmingly awful. Is the table structure still as bad as it used to be? I'm not it's- sure, but I can't imagine that it's advanced a whole lot. I think, if I remember correctly, there are tables with like hundreds of columns. It was like just ridiculous to even try and play in the database. Yeah, and the, deba- the database defined the structure for the pages. and Yeah. Yeah. All right, no comments. No more comments there then. Nope. How do you guys? How do you guys feel about privacy? Ted, Ted well, hold on before you before you jump into. I mean, it, it, good question because I don't know if this has ever happened. Ted Nugent in chat just says, "Hey, shows you that Laravel could be an acquisition in the future." But has a has a framework ever? I mean, obviously there have been companies that have started frameworks like Symphony and Zen, but the WordPress, WordPress, yeah, but. It, framework ever been purchased like like a straight up framework ever been purchased by a company and why would they especially an open source I mean, one i could i could see taylor's assets <laughs> like forge and and those sort of things being purchased and maybe making laravel part of that deal i guess i could see that i mean you know taylor has built up quite the little ecosystem of laravel products i could see a company come in and say okay you know we want we want all your laravel products and you know we want to be you know, we want Laravel as part of that. As I guess I could potentially see that happening, but I mean that that would probably be just a straight up money play for for Taylor, where he's kind of done with developing on it and done caring about it. And I don't, 
I actually don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, I think with Magento, it they they have a large number of business solution products that they can sell, that they do sell. They've got business intelligence and analytics and uh, credit card processing, shipping management. Yeah, so they bought the whole company, right? Yeah, so everything under the sun for the the team. I was about to ask a stupid question, like, why would you buy an open source product? But then, now I think about it, and you have Oracle buying MySQL. So, of course, it happens. Yeah, you have Red Red Hat buying everything. Sun Sun purchased MySQL. Oracle purchased Sun. But yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But that Red Hat has oh, Ansible. They purchased Ansible and produced started producing paid tools oh, for that's, Ansible. That's true, yeah. A Red Hat does a lot of buying in the open source community. Let's make Diego Dev open source so somebody will buy us. Well, we just have to call Diego Dev blockchain and somebody will buy us tomorrow. You sure? I mean, have you seen the, the prices of Bitcoin lately? We haven't talked about it in like months because... It got to this high it's of really, 20K. It's depressing. It's, yeah. it's really depressing. It's like down to 7,300 now or something, right? Yeah. Now, hold on. I, I, I've got a command line that I can run to get the uh, to get it here. It's uh, currently at, uh, well, uh, 7,450. Uh, so he was doing this, was it this morning? No. When did we work together? Tuesday. Anyway, he's got this little command line tool he runs, and... Like it shows a little ASCII graph, and you could set the like how many days you want included in the graph. It was, it was really pretty cool. It, it, it's actually just an alias to a curl command, but yeah, I'll I'll put I I'll put in the uh, I'll put in the show notes for people. Yeah, it is because I'll I'll just be on the command line. I'll just type in Bitcoin and and get the price real quick. Now in the in the crypto world, there is some news. Um, so the first big one is that video card prices are. Back to normal, almost. There's high availability for various video cards that were unavailable for a long time. The The prices seem to be floating back to a regular place. Um, Coinbase is renaming GDAX. <clears throat> it's now going to be Coinbase Pro. Really? Well, that makes sense. I mean, that, that whole GDAX interface was so hard to understand and, and work. But they're supposed well, it's to be just so... the name that's changing. Yeah, but okay, they, that's why they're calling it Pro though, because it's such a pain in the ass to work in. So Coinbase itself, if you purchase through there, which is what I use because it's easy, they take a much bigger uh, cut or transaction fee when you buy. But suppose yeah. if you if you buy directly through GDAX, it's supposed to be next to nothing in transaction fees. But I never yeah, but took the time to learn. It's candle. It's got candle charts and it's got real time transaction data and it's like if you if you know how to read this good good for you but it's so incredibly difficult to read. It's a lot of data. I mean, if you're into data, it's fun to go just look at. I guess, but it's just it's overwhelming, is what it is. Uh, maybe if you know how to read it, you start seeing the patterns and stuff. Maybe. What else is in Bitcoin news? I saw something on... Oh, what was that? They were talking about the 51% issue, where if you control 51% of the network, you could easily spoof 
uh, blocks and basically oh, yeah. take take people's money. Has has something come up recently about that where it's been an issue? I haven't seen a recent issue with that. There was there was a large issue with that on some of the older coins. It, it turned out that if you spun up your own cryptocurrency, you had to keep a really careful eye on it because the early introductory people who were joining in often ended up doing 51% attacks against you. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's still information about Tron. Verge fell, fell victim to the 51% attack. This came out a few days ago. Ugh. Again, it says. So if you don't follow cryptocurrency, if you can control 51% of the network or have 50, 51% of the processing power of the entire network you basically have the right to write any information you want to the blockchain so at that point you can just take people's money now ethereum is getting close to their proof of stake network which would prevent this kind of attack from occurring unless you owned 50 51 percent of the money in the network which at this point would be billions of dollars Hmm. um so Ethereum has definitely continued moving forward. Uh, Vitalik Buterin is all over the news constantly um, for controversial statements. People are still following John McAfee, which I can't believe. I still get emails from this shady crypto group that I'm a member of here in Colorado Springs. And they'll say, yeah, the big recommendation from John McAfee is this thing now. And it's like, no, he was proven to be a liar. Why are you, like, they proved that he was being paid by the company to shill their cryptocurrency. Stop spreading his lies. Hey, uh, speaking of shady meetup groups, did you see um, Denver's finally got their Denver PHP group going? I did not. Not that they're shady. <laughs> Speaking not of that you implied groups. that in any way. <laughs> I should have. I should have thought through that one a little better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Denver. Denver PHP is finally a thing, um, and I think they had. I know they had one meetup. Yeah, they had one meetup. Oh, it looks like they had, they've had two meetups now. They they had their second meetup. I mean, how far is that for you, Thomas? To go to Denver? Uh, it's not too bad. It's about uh, an hour. I assume no traffic because we know all how you are with traffic. Yeah, but. no, no traffic. You should head Wait. up there. Should- so is that like an hour just straight uphill? <laughs> uh, no, I'm in the valley now, so it would just be pretty flat. I mean, you got a? Uh, do you have PSP thought- ugly stickers, Thomas? I do. You do? You got I think like a, so. Like a lot of them? You need to go to a meetup and, and hand out some stickers, man. I need Wave PHP stickers. I so have Wave work. PHP stickers. I can send you some oh, Wave PHP this. stickers. I got a stack. That's, that's SDPHP. I don't, oh. I don't think they'll care about that. I, I can get you some Wave PHP stickers. You know, you know who's running Denver PHP? Who? Wave PHP speaker Amanda Folson. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, sounds like just, I might just have to do sounds that. sounds like we should send her some stickers. Probably should. Actually, that's a good point, John. We should send her some stickers. 
So yeah, take now. Are you are you still going to the Colorado Springs uh, PHP meetup, or do you guys still have a meetup? Yeah, I'm supposed to go. It's been rough lately. You know, I'm supposed to go. You know, being an organizer and all. Well, I just I I have not been able to lately. I've been absolutely stuck. Another inter- interesting tidbit: organizer of Colorado Springs PHP is a speaker at Wave PHP. Oh really, Brian? Yes. Peak Peak PHP Brian Johnson. He he's technically the one that hasn't confirmed yet. So if you see oh, him, you're tell right. him to confirm. <laughs> I'll have to yell at him about that. I mean, if yeah. I see, you should see him because you have a meetup on June thirteenth. So you would see him then, at very least. June thirteenth. You guys meet the same day we meet. How cool is that? Second Wednesday of the month. Let's see, how are you guys doing with the uh, with the uh, group size? Members? How many members do you guys have now? Uh, 63. Bad, dude. 63, man. Not bad at all. That's pretty good. I think it took us probably a year to, to break 50. No, stop it. Wasn't that bad. I'm trying to make them feel better. I'm trying to make them feel better about themselves, John. Took, all us, right, a so- couple, took us a couple hours to break 50. <laughs> <laughs> Back to my question. How do you guys feel about privacy? I don't there's, care there, for there is none. What are you hiding? That's my question. <laughs> there's a big concern that we haven't covered lately, or at all, on the podcast, which has been on my list, but uh, it turns out that all the big cell phone companies were giving away or selling everyone's location data to a couple companies that did not have any security and were giving their information away to local police departments. Really? So the police could just give these companies a phone number and the company would return all the location data that they had, which was all of your location data. Wow. How is that not bigger news? I'm not entirely sure. Because Thomas is making it up. Absolutely not. Uh, the I, I don't see a card, so I, I can't I can't verify any of this information you're giving me. You're uh, just spouting off at the mouth right now. That's the card. What, what's the card? So the the article here is Mobile Giants, please don't share the where. And it talks about how AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon are selling all location data to third-party companies in real time without any customer consent or court order. And there has been no accountability for how the data is used, stored, shared, or protected. And this is on Krebs. Um, yes. The the company Location Smart is one of these companies that has all of this data. <laughs> it looks like it looks like they had a try before you buy demo that was just like a guest sign in and no you, one you're knew saying, this. You're saying personal identifiable information attached to your phone. In your location is being shared with third parties. Just your phone number and location. Yeah, your phone number I, and location. I, 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 I consider my phone number as personal, personally right. identifiable information. Right. I, I mean, but they're not tying. Yeah. If somebody knows that that's your phone number, yes, it's PII. That's scary. Yeah. So uh, you could just log in and, and their lookup tool would give you almost any mobile phone number current location in the u.s and it's it's not well 
being addressed. It's not like an issue in the media, so no one's doing anything about it. It's shocking to me. We talked last week about the the whole Alexa thing that happened where somebody's conversation was sent to a contact. And, yeah. And of course, that started making the rounds, and my wife saw the article and was like freaked out by it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I, I've seen it on Facebook. Listen, but it's like, just tell her I wasn't offended by the message. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, but you you realize it was there was a... Just a weird sequence of events that happened to make that work out. But now, you know how you're sitting in your office or your living room and all of a sudden the Echo device just starts spinning like it's listening? Every time <laughs> I, that, have it tell me, I have it tell me random stuff all the time. Yeah. So now every time that happens, she's like freaked out. Like, it's listening. We have to get rid of these things. <laughs> yeah, the freaky part is that it's listening when that thing isn't spinning. Right. But Eric brought up a good point. Your cell phone has probably been doing that for a decade now. Yeah. Well, yep. so the big the big concern here is that... And let's not forget our microwaves are listening to us as well, as Thomas pointed out. No, they can't. They're, 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 they're looking at us. Do. Yeah, they're watching. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's it's watching different. me shower. I forgot that was it. Uh, <laughs> wait, you have a microwave in your bathroom? No, you said it, you said it could map your whole house from one oh, location. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so the big concern with this location tracking data is that the police are using it, and there's no kind of warrant required for them to get this information. So if they were going to try to get information from the companies directly, like AT&T, they would have to get a warrant for the information. But because AT&T is selling the information to third parties, they just have to be a member of the third party's program to get the information. They don't have to have any kind of warrant, which is a big concern for privacy advocates. But another big privacy concern popped up recently as well, which was that Amazon is really pushing its facial recognition technology to law enforcement in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Now, this is after a huge expose where it was found that uh, sheriff's departments were purchasing massive surveillance technology in secret, not telling the public that they had it, and were using it to profile and track down people. Now, this software, which is being offered for incredibly cheap, is being used to do facial recognition. And if anyone has seen what facial recognition tech in China looks like, that's the kind of thing they're going for. Yeah. And it's just getting cheaper. I mean, it's crazy. Not along the same lines exactly, but I re- I recently worked on a project that did uh, license plate recognition, where it would t- take a picture of a of a car and it would give you the license plate number, the state, the color of the car, or the the make, the model, and the extent that I'm using it, I have yet to have to pay for it, so it's free, and I I, I get all the sort of information. It's just it's crazy the the sort of services that are being developed now. And, and this particular service that I'm using has other things that you can do, which includes uh, where it kind of figures out the emotional state of a person in, in an image as well. Yeah. So you can actually have a camera. I, I was going to go back to your license plate recognition. It's not like it's taking your license plate and then running it through uh, another service. It's taking a picture of the car and giving you – Oh, it's a black car. It's this make, this model. 
from the picture, not because of the license plate. Right, it's that, just like OCR right, stuff. Right, yeah, it's right. not like it's not like but, having but, but access that, to the state sort of, registrar. That sort of stuff was so crazy difficult difficult to do before. And now it's like a free service. That's yeah, what I'm saying. What, what, what composer, me, composer include facial recognition. Yeah. It's like what you're telling me about these lookup services for, you know, kind of sensitive data just getting cheaper and cheaper. And, and law enforcement is now starting to take advantage of it. Just doesn't surprise me because there's so many services out there now. And well, and take the, advantage is really the key here because the the law restricting law enforcement has not kept up with the times. So if they have body cams, which are intended to help accountability in law enforcement, they're turned into facial recognition devices. Now they have the name Mm -hmm. of everybody who they've encountered throughout the entire day. Can I ask you an honest question? What's wrong with that? Why? Why would that be a problem? If, if it's a violation of my privacy for the government to collect my location, no, no, at no, no, any no, time no, without no, my no, consent. No. Slow, slow down for a quick second. Take a beat. If he's a law enforcement agent, agent on the street who has contact with you, why? Why is it a problem that that contact is logged? I'm just curious. It, it, why, it's why it's more. He it's might more, not if he's interact not doing, with me. If he's not doing anything wrong, law enforcement shouldn't know that he's there. Right, and okay. it's not that it's not that he's having an interaction with me. It's that he's walking around town, or he's at the Seven Eleven, and it captures. Okay. But you, or you can't scream invasion. You can't scream. You can't. You can't scream invasion of privacy in those cases when you're in a public place. That's, that's but when it gets logged, I, no, absolutely not. I can because when it gets logged into a database that can be easily indexed and searched for a complete history of my location. That's an invasion of privacy. That's not just I saw him at 7-Eleven. So we, our system of law uses a lot of the failings of human memory to account for things. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the, the fact that a cop can't remember every single face he sees in a single day is important to the way that our laws are written. And now when you have a cop who can have every single face he encounters at a target – registered and recorded for all time and then cross-indexed with physical locations anywhere else, that becomes an invasion of privacy because it's constant monitoring. If you're being followed by the police, you could file harassment. If you're being followed for absolutely no reason by the police, you can file harassment. But if the police are always aware of your location because of the facial tracking information they have, that's not harassment. That's just knowledge that's i i think you're taking it to an extreme with that that's the current state of things in china and in the uk it's not extremes because it's currently been implemented by totalitarian governments china has a social ranking system that docks you points if you jaywalk and there are places in china where if you jaywalk there's a giant screen on that street that will display your picture to shame you publicly for jaywalking these are not extreme examples. These are examples that, that, that are that, currently that in place. Nothing to do with identifying a, a person, though. That's anyway, well, no. What they're do doing is today. no, but what they're doing is identifying the person, but, displaying the but, person's okay, but, name, but, and showing but, but, them their social not, let's score. Not, let's not give into fear mongering here. I mean, this is you're doom and gloom. You're not fear mongering. All right. Let's not let's not pretend that this is that 
the police are tracking you even when you go home because you have Nest cameras at your house now. That's not I've got happening. Super bad information for you. You're, you're pushing online with me, so you, you it better be valid shit because I will jump down your throat if it's not. So one of the technologies that it was discovered a lot of police departments are purchasing are fake cell phone antennas. These sort of drone devices that can be placed around the city or flown around the city that emit a signal that implies that they are a cell phone tower and collects the data from your phone responding for it. But doesn't that um, interrupt your phone calls if, you're, if they're doing that? No, it doesn't because you have to have at least three towers valid on your uh, phone. It's called an AMAI uh, system. Uh, is it AMAI? Oh boy, now it's not AMAI. Now I gotta check. It was discovered, it's been discovered several times in the last year or two that police agencies are buying these high-tech devices. Uh, in this case, the device is called a Stingray. Uh, and the Stingray is a phone tracker that extracts a lot of metadata, including location and uh, can track MMS and SMS information. Uh, people in Oakland got sick of it. So Oakland passed the <laughs> Oakland passed the the US's strongest surveillance oversight law that essentially requires that all purchases of technology be publicly stated and that the police cannot buy technology or use technology that is secret from the the public. I, I agree with that. I think that's a that's a great idea. So if you if you go ahead and Google police stingray, you're making me work for this, aren't you? I am. I, I, I am biting my tongue right now, but you're going to make me work. For this. You'll get a, a map that's been produced by the ACLU. <sighs> I don't have and, a map produced. Oh, the Stingray tracker, phone tracker, Wikipedia thing is that? Uh, ACLU.org. That's the second link for me. And it shows you in your area which public authorities have and use Stingray devices. Uh, So for you guys in California, local police and state police have Stingray devices that are used to simulate cell phone towers to trick cell phones into giving up valuable information. And that technology, which is intended exclusively to gather information without warrant, was purchased with your tax money. But are they using it without warrant? Yes, they are. They don't need a warrant. There's no law that's preventing them from doing this because your phone is sending out the signal. Are you sure Absolutely. about that statement? Absolutely. I don't think you're right there. So this is the problem is that the law in America has not kept up with the technology. And the question that you were asking, which is, if you're in a public place, aren't you, aren't you giving up your privacy for being in that public place? And the answer for the cell phone is, if your cell phone is broadcasting a signal that's available from outside your home, is that signal private? And in the case of the police, it is not private. They can hijack that signal and analyze it without any kind of warrant because it's publicly available. This is the same sort of law that they've used to catch people growing pot in their attics by flying a helicopter over communities with an infrared camera and looking for warm attics. So if they can see it from outside your home, it's not private. 
So the ACLU so far has identified 73 agencies in 25 states and in the District of Columbia that own stingrays. But this is only the publicly publicly available information. The outside of Oakland, the police departments and sheriff's departments that operate these devices do not have to disclose that they've purchased them. Yeah, My question is, can I buy one? That's the big question. So make one. I have a Raspberry Pi. Can I make one? Yes. I want to make one. Huh. Yeah, they're relatively simple. Right. That counts as your doom and gloom. Even though it was oh, I know. Fud, fear, now, uncertainty, and doubt, I'm counting it as doom and gloom. So here's what you can do. There is Put your an app. There's an app for your phone. It's because these are fake cell phone points, they don't relay information correctly. So you can catch that these cell phone towers are not real by installing an IMSI catcher. Do you have the acronym correct this time? I do. Uh, I've I've had one of these apps on my phone for a long time. If you don't trust the App Store, you can go through F-Droid, which has ISMI detectors. What would be the point of that? It will tell you that you're being targeted by one of these fake cell phone towers. Uh-huh. So the question is, for, for to to close out my doom and gloom, is why is why is Oakland's strongest quote unquote strongest law, which just says we have to know what technology police are buying, not national? Because that seems like you said it like it's a common sense kind of thing. We should know if they're buying spy tech. But this mm-hmm. is so far. This is only in Oakland, and somebody somebody had to be the first. And I think that the police system in america needs to catch up and if you think that's bad you should look at the, what the sheriff's system in america is because police versus sheriff is not as simple a distinction as people think it is yeah we've learned that where we live we're, we're actually patrolled by sheriff and you you quickly learn the, the differences yeah it's it's a stark difference um, but there's also significant legal differences between police and sheriff and what they can do and sheriffs are far more on the side of independent contractors in a war zone than police are. Did I kill it? Did I kill the show? Yep. Pretty Good job. Pretty much. Yep. I think I think that's uh I think you wrapped it up with that <laughs> one. Now you have a ticket related to this, Eric. No, 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 we're done. Nope. Uh, nope. Uh, no more conversations. We're done. You decided to use up the end of the show with this big rant about police. Now we're done. And wasn't this a, was a what, good topic. It so wasn't we'll about talk, police. It was about privacy and we'll, how privacy is has we'll because of technology on, been so easily eroded. Keep this on for maybe next week. I, I'm still debating if I even want to talk about that one. It was funnier. It was funnier before you made everybody all mopey. But I actually like this other one better. See, I'm going to hold on saying, to both these now. Protect your privacy. You have a right to your own privacy. And the tired of excuse of what do you have to hide, it no longer flies hide? anymore. What do you have to hide, Thomas? My privacy. Just tell us. Just tell us what you're hiding. It's my privacy. I I am a big privacy fan, but I, I am not a fan of of fear mongering at all. It's what do you have? What do you say when people say to you, what do you have to hide? Because I'm a privacy advocate, and yeah. when I when I get into it with people who are not. They say, what does it matter if you have nothing to hide? 
and I don't have it's, a it's good. Not a, it's not a. It's not a matter of having anything to hide. You shouldn't have to have anything to hide. The 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 whole idea behind privacy in America is that you're not in put into to a position to defend your actions without reasonable cause. So, me saying you know. I shouldn't be questioned why I'm at a park at 10 o'clock at night unless there's a reasonable cause for me to be questioned for that. So my privacy is very, is important to me because I don't need to respond to that. It's unless somebody's been murdered at that park and I happen to be there at 10 o'clock at night, it's none of your business why I'm there. Whether I'm doing something wrong or not, it's not a it's not a matter of having anything to hide or not having anything to hide as an American citizen. You are innocent until proven guilty. You don't have to defend yourself if there's nothing, if, if, if there isn't a reasonable cause to defend yourself. That is just the, the most simplest way I can put privacy here in the U.S. Now, I do understand we have a global audience and that, that changes depending on where you're at. And I'm sure everybody would like to have, or I feel like a lot of people are envious of our privacy here in the U.S., but that's, kind of my general take on it so, so yeah, i don't I, think that's I the a, case anymore. i get a little frustrated with the whole you know what do you have to hide thing as well because it's not about having to hide anything i i agree i think that's the best explanation i've heard okay, i don't yeah. have to explain i don't have to explain my actions without just cause and 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 you say that what i'm saying is fear-mongering and what i'm afraid of is that i don't see it as fear-mongering i see it as pointing out the small coverage about the infringement of our privacy not being significant enough <clears throat> is that I, I, I don't want to go back to China again because their system is again totalitarian. And, and see, and, I will and stay that, away that, from that, it. I, I appreciate that because that, that's one of the, that's one of the triggers for me when when people go to something like that, which is so clearly on the other side of the spectrum, and I think. Uh, the majority of people would disagree with and saying we can be this. It's like, wait a minute. We're not even close to being that right now. Yes. Stop, stop using that as the example. Let's, you know, let's ease into that some. So I would say as a society, we're not close to that. We're not close to accepting that, but I would say that as a government, the technology is there and being used. It's just not being used publicly. So, there are, and this is not an exaggeration, there are secret courts in America where warrants are gathered for use of these devices that do need warrants. And the fact that we have, quote-unquote, secret courts, to me, is really, really strange. That doesn't seem like an American institution. They're not very good secrets if you know about them. We know that they exist, and we know who the judges are, but we don't know what cases they see, and we don't know what evidence they're given. And the evidence they're given is often being described as gathered without a warrant for the purpose of getting a warrant. So it's borderline on, we can't use this in court, but we're looking for a version of it we can. And just because we're not in the system that China is in, where everyone knows they're being tracked and they're given a social score based off of their public interactions, it doesn't mean that the police departments 
around the country aren't doing that because it's become very clear from multiple cases that they are scoring individuals and tracking them or, or following them based off of that score to try and catch them in a crime. Wow. I and so, so I don't, right I don't, now. I don't see it as fear mongering. I see it as trying to make information available that seems like it's not being made available. And I see that All right. Right. <laughs> I, I now think you've killed the show. <laughs> I think right. that's I think that's fear mongering. What are, what the show's are we, not dead. One oh eight. Jeez, I'm not at this point not sure there's gonna be a one oh nine, but let's assume there will be. It'll be recorded with or without our consent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Alright. I think that's it. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. I'll be the bad guy here. I'm, that's that's it. We're done. Episode 109, 108, 10. Damn it! That's it. We're done. Episode 108 of PSP Ugly is in the can. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.